Bible's ready. We're going to be in the book of Numbers. And, you know, maybe your Bible glows. Download the V1 Church app if you haven't already. You can listen to past messages there. You can, uh, you know, get the scriptures from there. There's a Bible in there as well. Or you could just have a physical print Bible like like I do. But I want to start off by telling you a little bit, like telling on my wife a little bit more. Julie's amazing, but um, she's a creature of habit. And one of the very first dates we went on, I think this was like the second date ever, the one that um, you know, where you're kind of like, yeah, I think I want to marry you. Cause you know, it usually takes about two dates to decide that. Um, on the second one, I was like, I really like this girl. You know, I think I might marry her. So then she drops me off. Um, cause I think we carpooled or something and she drops me off at my house and she's like, okay, I love you. Bye. And when she said she loved me, it was like that half moment of like, man, this is getting really weird. She's a stage five clinger. <laughs> You know, stage five, like, is like the ultimate clinger. And, and then as soon as she did it, she was mortified. She's like, I can't believe I did it. Well, anyways, we were ordering Chinese the other night, and she's on the phone with this guy from the Chinese restaurant in Queens. And she goes, you guys know where I'm going with this. She goes, um, okay, yeah, I'll have, you know, general sauce, you got this, all that. She's like, okay, here's the total. Okay, cool. All right, I love you. Bye. And the guy goes, Okay. <laughs> You know that awkward moment where you don't know what else to do, so he, he just goes, okay. <laughs> and you know the whole time he's waiting for her to show up to be like, who is this woman who said I love you to the, to the Chinese restaurant person? So, um, you know, but here's the thing about it. The reason why you're laughing is because too much commitment too fast is weird. But let me just say this, not enough commitment after a long time is pretty weird too. And I'm here to tell you today, and I'm just going to straight up preach. I've got caffeine in me, and I am ready. I don't care how early this service is. I want to preach to you today. Many of you have been going to church. You've been living the Christian life. You've been doing your thing. And guess what? It's almost weird that you haven't committed yet. It's almost weird. Like, it's time to stop dating Jesus. It's time to stop dating his church. And it is time to get married to Jesus. Get married to the ministry. Get married to what God has called you to do. And it's time that you start saying, I love you. <laughs> and not being weird about it. And Go V1 is about making a commitment. You know, you can change everything when you finally learn how to make a commitment. And, you know, I understand that. New Yorkers are a little skeptical. Everyone's trying to sell you something. Everyone's trying to push something into your life. But there just gets to that point where you're like, I've got about as much data as I'm going to get. It's time to just commit. And today I'm here to tell you, Go V1 and this message is all about making that commitment. Um, you know, we're going to do an in-depth character study of a man named Caleb. And Caleb's awesome. So we're going to take this month and just go in depth. And I feel like many of you are going to get revelation like you think you know, but you don't really know because God's going to say something to you through this message. So um, if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and take notes. But I want to ask you guys some questions. Have you ever felt like you just struggled through hell and you can almost see your dream and you can see the thing that, that you have been desiring your entire life, but it just seems like it's constantly outside of your reach? Have you ever felt like that way before? Have you ever felt like maybe, you know, you played college ball and you got scouted but never recruited? 
You know, or maybe you were in that relationship that you thought, well, surely this is the relationship that is going to lead to marriage, but then it just sort of got away. Or maybe you weren't the right person, but probably they weren't the right person because people at V1 Church are perfect. Um, Or have you ever just felt like you worked so hard and you finally got into that career, like you told everyone for years, I want to be this, I want to be this, and then all of a sudden you get that career and like six, seven months later, you're like, wow, the dream has turned to drudgery. Have you ever felt that way before? Like you maybe finally got the thing that you desired so much and it was nothing like what you thought it was going to be. Well, Go V1 is going to be for you. So um, why don't you turn to Numbers chapter 13 with me? We're going to jump right in. It says this in verse 30, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Why don't you just elbow the person next to you and say, We can certainly do it. Okay, wake them up a little bit. Give them a good, just knock the wind out of them and tell them, we can certainly do it. <laughs> you can do it. Right, that guy in the back. You can do it. <laughs> Caleb was a guy who had been through a lot. Maybe you're in this room and you've seen some stuff. You've been through hell and back, right? People wouldn't believe the stories if we sat in a circle and said, let's just share your life story and the tragedies and the things that you've been through. Caleb had been through a lot. And now all of a sudden they get so close to the promised land, a land that was promised to the children of Israel. And they get close enough to where they can actually look into it. And so spies are sent and those spies come back. And, you know, Caleb, he just had a different spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about what it means to have that different spirit. You know, everyone came back with a negative report. And this is in verse 30, what we have. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up. Somebody say, go up. We should go up. That word in the root language means to ascend. It means to climb. It means to go higher. It means to go V1. And and I never saw that before, but what he was basically saying is, hey, before we go over, we must first go up. And see, God wants you to go over into your destiny, over into what he called you to do, but first you got to get up. Somebody say, get up. You've got to get up. Somebody say, get up. Why are we so inspired when we watch Rocky Balboa and you've got the guy in his corner, Mick, screaming, get up. Because it's not even about whether Rocky Balboa actually wins. It's about if he gets up. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's time to get up. I'm here to tell you it's time to get up. Because somebody else's freedom is waiting on the other side of you getting up. And you know, thinking about all the times that I wanted to die. I'm thinking about the times where I actually thought that, the lo- that this world would be better without me, that I should just end it. And now I'm looking at this church. I'm looking at all the, the lives that are being changed. And the Lord is just confirming, like, this is what happens when you get up. Caleb said this, we should go up. Yeah, we should. But then the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. How do they know that? Where'd they get their data And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. They were descendants of Anak and the Nephilim. And it says, now this is, this is key. Like, come on, kind of like come in and, and look at this with me. We seemed, everyone say seemed. We seemed, say it again, we seemed. 
Okay, this is just a perspective, okay? This isn't, this isn't scientific. It's just the way that they interpreted what they saw. See, sometimes what you're living your entire life off of is what you have saw and how you interpreted it, not the reality of what it is. You can abort your entire destiny off of the way something seems to you. Let me just say it again. You can actually abort your entire destiny off of the way something seems to you. They, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. In whose eyes? In their own. How does God see you? We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Your eyes lie. Your eyes lie. You know, some of y'all have woken up next to somebody and been like, my eyes lied. This is what they look like. What was I thinking? I saw three of them last night. <laughs> and not even one of them looks good this morning. My eyes lied. Some of you look in the mirror and your eyes lie. Some of you look every single day in the mirror and your eyes lie. Your eyes lie. And then God brings Pastor Mike, Pastor Julie, people into your life, V1 Church, these radical, faith-filled people who look at you and say, you're a mighty man and woman of God. You've got a purpose in your life. And they begin to speak it in your life and still your eyes lie. It says this, we seem like grasshopper in our own eyes, grasshoppers, and we looked the same to them. In this room, the people listening to this podcast, we don't have grasshoppers. We have giant killers. This region needs giant killers. It needs people who are not afraid to say, even when my eyes lie, his eyes don't. And I am going all the way into the promised land. And before I go over, I'm going up. Before I go over, I'm going up. And this is my clarion call to you this morning. It's time to go up so V1 Church in New York and Long Island can go over. Up in your integrity, up in your honor, up in your respect, up in your discipline, up in your hunger for the word, up in your prayer, up in your intercession, up, 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 up in your commitment, up, 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 up in your dedication, up, 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 and then you will go over. It's, it's no mystery to me that your life begins to change as you go up. God is looking for those who have Caleb's heart, Caleb's spirit. It said that he had a different spirit. Different than who? Different from all those people who saw the circumstance with their own eyes and saw it with their own interpretation. Same data, different interpretation. Okay, now I only got a little bit more to preach, but I was at Starbucks. Starbucks is V1 Church's mobile office. And uh, I owe them thousands of dollars in rent since I moved to New York. Um, and they know me there. They're like, hey, Pastor Mike, can I slide into your counseling schedule out my lunch or whatever? And I'm like, come on, you barista. I know they abuse you here. Um, they need it real bad. Send this podcast to corporate Starbucks. You guys are so mean to the barista. Stop it. Um, but here's the thing I noticed after mooching off of uh, $10,000 worth of their Wi-Fi is that it suddenly hit me as I was preparing for this message one day that the screen that pops up on, you, on, on your computer when you go in there, it says accept and connect. That's what it says. Do we have that? Oh, there it is. It says free Wi-Fi, free resources, 
Okay, like a whole a whole atmosphere of information that you can tap into power. It's the ability to get things done. It's all on the other side of your connection. Everything that you need to get done for your work on your laptop. It's all here. We're going to give it to you for free, but you have to accept and then connect. And see, nobody here in their right mind would ever go to use Wi-Fi at any location where it's offered free and say, this is so messed up. Why don't I connect and then decide if I want to accept? Nobody in their right mind would ever say that. It's understood that in order to connect, you must first do what? Accept. So can I just submit to you this morning that there are promises of God here that there are resources, that there are finances, that there are open doors, that there are things that God wants to give you, but you've got to accept before you can connect. You can't keep living the life where you're hyper-analyzing all the terms. If I would have analyzed the terms before I accepted here, you wouldn't have a church. Because I would have looked in the natural and been like, I can have a three-bedroom house with a half-acre backyard for 600 bucks a month in Indiana. That's a true story. With a four-seasons room. That's, when pe- that's a luxury. That's a room where you just watch seasons change, right? My kid's room is valued at like 800 bucks a month out here in New York, right? I'm like, you better play in there for 16 hours today. If I would have hyper-analyzed the conditions before I accepted what God had wanted to connect me to, I wouldn't be here right now because it doesn't make sense to leave the Shire and go into Mordor. Okay? But what I did is I said, God, I don't need to know. Somebody say, I don't need to know. Okay, this is revolutionary for some of you guys. Just say it again. I don't need to know. Just say it one more time so you can hear it with your own ears. I don't need to know. Accept and then connect. You don't have to know how it's all got to work out. You've got to commit. I promise you I am the least talented person in this room right now. But what I've got over many of you is I accept before I connect. What I've got over you guys is I'll do the things I say. I've gotten to the point in my own marriage where I scare my wife. If I told my wife tomorrow I'm leaving for Japan, she literally would start packing up my bags. She, that is the level of commitment that I have in my life to what I'm going to do. That it actually scares her when I start to talk about doing stuff because she's like, I can't stop them. And she knows the tunnel vision comes on and we do it. There was nobody who was going to stop us from launching this church here. I was, but, yeah, that's okay. You can clap for that. Slow clap. Slow clapping at nine. <laughs> I got this one from my man, Evan Wilson, who leads the teams here, and I'm just going to give him, I'm going to give him credit so you guys don't put this up on Facebook and not credit him. Passion through the lens of negativity produces worry. Because you've got to be passionate to worry. See the, see, see, the opposite of worry is indifference. Like, I just don't care whatever happens. So in order to worry, you must be passionate. So if you take that passion through the lens of negativity, it produces worry. But if you take that same passion through the lens of positivity, it produces vision. And what I know that I know that I know in this room is there are a lot of passionate people and it's been perverted into worry. And now God is going to translate it into vision. 
into vision, into vision. And see, some of you in this place, you've actually been alone. Caleb was alone. He was in the minority. Look what it says. It says in verse 31, it says, but, see, I used to teach English, but is a coordinating conjunction. It means that you're going to connect two ideas that are opposite. So I say this, coordinating conjunction, but, what's the opposite? But the men who had gone up with him said, some of you have gone up with other men in ministry who didn't have the same vision you had and you listen to them and it's time to listen to the voice of God the land we explored devours those living in it and you know what's funny is not one of those men had been devoured when they made that statement see you're living off of somebody else's worry are you ingesting secondhand worry in this room right now are you ingesting thirdhand worry now imagine this imagine that there is a rowboat and you've got like 10 people in it rowing all in the same direction, but one person is facing the opposite direction. Which one is working against and to the detriment of that team? It's real easy to say the one that's rowing the opposite direction unless they're all actually rowing off of a cliff. And so in this room, we might have some wild ones. We might have V1 Church full of misfits, full of people who seem like we're rowing the opposite direction. They might not understand why you go to church every Sunday and why you're so committed and why you're so dedicated. They might under, not understand why you row the opposite direction when they want to go to the clubs and turn up with a bottle of bub and do a keg stand in your living room. And they might not understand. They might not understand why you're reading their Bible while they're reading pornography. They might not understand your level of commitment, but can I just tell you this morning, if you're facing the other direction rowing, you might be the very one rowing against the waves that are getting ready to take them over the cliff. And they will see it, they will see it. So here's what I wanna say. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. And this is just always stuck with me, it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, say different and follows me wholeheartedly, say wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he, we, uh, he went to and his descendants will inherit it. It's time for a gut check. It's time for a systems check. You know, I want to tell you a story. Many of you guys know this, but I want to communicate it throughout our culture. Is that Julie were, and I were in a place where we had been backstabbed and just, just turned on by the people who are supposed to support us most in ministry. And we got to the point in our own personal lives where I said, you know what, Julie? I am so sick and tired of struggling financially to do the will of the Lord. And I know I shouldn't be talking like this, but it's just like I am tired of making nothing and sacrificing. I mean, we live like hippies, you know, it's like uh, Calcutta at our house, you know, like Mother Teresa is in the other room bandaging wounds and, you know, we're eating grain and we wear sackcloth at home, okay? And I told Julie, I said, I just want a Benz, you know, a Mercedes, like I just want to be a prosperity preacher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I told Julie, I was like, I'm sick and tired of this. And I said, you know what? If, if whatever I put my mind to, I've been able to do it in life. And I'm just going to put my mind to making a lot of money. Screw this. Can I just be honest? Okay, so I said that. Don't celebrate this. The story's not over. Um, but I said, you know, Julie, I'm tired of ministry. I'm tired of suffering because we had went through a seven-year journey to pay all of our debt down and to get ourselves in a position just so that we can live on the bare bones so we can be in ministry. That's real talk. And after seven years of that journey, I felt so defeated. I felt like, what is this even worth it? And you know, 
It wasn't about money or anything. It was about the guilt of feeling like as a father, I wasn't doing all that I could do and that I wasn't providing the kind of life that the American dream is. And I got to the point where I was getting ready to change my dream, you know, my ministry dream, the dream I felt like was God for the American dream. Because sometimes they're not the same dream. And we were outside of a conference and we had this conversation and Julie's so amazing, man. Like she just was telling me, no, Mike, no, no, this is not who we are. We've got to push. There's more. Don't give it up. Come on. We're right there. Now, here's the thing. I'm telling everyone that I want to plant a church in New York and I have no launch team, no money. And I'm in Indiana. We can't even pay $600 in rent that you feel like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden we walk into this conference and as we walk into this conference, we get to this session and it's this guy, Dwayne Vanderklok, and he says, there's somebody in this place who had the conversation with their wife before they got here that they want to quit ministry forever and that they just want to go make money and they just want to go do whatever, but I'm here to tell you it's time to go V1. And of course, I'm crying my eyes out, right? Of course, God just listened to my conversation in in the parking lot and was divinely disrupting my life to say it's time to commit so all of a sudden we squeeze each other's hand we're crying it's time to go v1 and you guys know by now that going v1 is when the airplane begins to go off the runway there's a speed in which you must make a decision to commit because you won't be able to abort the flight after the commitment speed no matter what happens if it's if a if the engine blows out if a tire blows out you have to commit and so we had made that decision to go V1. Shortly after that, the launch team materialized. Money started coming to our house in manila envelopes like we were in the mob. And we were scared. Like, we didn't even ask for this. What do we do with this now? How do we make this legal? It was like God started to miraculously manifest this church. We can clap our hands for that because God did it. And we were a conduit because we committed and said yes. But you know, something that was happening right now, and this is, this is what I want to move through this church and move through this region, and this is the title of this message that I waited all the way to the end to drop. It's hashtag not impressed. Because see, what happened was when Caleb looked at the giants, he was saying, I'm not impressed. See, what I didn't know about Caleb until I began to study him is that because of his age, he would have actually seen the Red Sea part and walked through the walls of waves. Because of Caleb's age, he would have actually been led by a, f- a cloud of a cloud by uh, day and a pillar of fire by night. Because of what he had experienced in his life, he would have been fed from heavenly manna that dropped down every single time he got hungry. Are you kidding me? So after experiencing all that, he looked at at those giants and he said I'm not impressed by that I've seen my God do exceedingly more than those giants can ever think or imagine doing to us and see you're saying oh yeah those giants in the land they might be tall but did you see the size of the walls of waves as the children of Israel miraculously crashed through oh yeah those giants they might have been tall but did you see the length and the height of that pillar of fire that guided us through every single dark night I'm not impressed And all of a sudden, what happened when I went V1 is I had to look at Long Island. I had to look at the expenses. I had to look at the impossibilities. And I had to say, God, you were with me back then. You're going to be with me when I get there. I am not impressed anymore by what that region is saying is impossible. I'm not impressed. And what I want to see all over this place, and I want to see it on Facebook this week, and I want to see it on Instagram, is hashtag not impressed. 
Oh, you know what? You just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm not impressed by that cancer. My Savior, he literally robbed the keys of death, hell, and grave and rose again on the third day. I'm not impressed. I want somebody to look at the, the slip that came in from the bank and says, we're repossessing your house and just put it down on the ground and say, I'm not impressed by that. You can take my house, but you can't take my salvation. You can take my house, but you can't take my joy. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And some of you in this room need to stop being impressed by the devil. Stop being impressed by what he's trying to do and stop even being impressed by people. Some of you in this room under the sound of my voice, and we're going to pray this thing out right now, are about to excel beyond even some of your heroes in the faith. And you felt like I could never do it. And God's saying, don't be so impressed. Everyone close your eyes with me here as we close this thing out. Now, even though we're going to end this service and pray it out, we have people waiting up top at the top of this auditorium who want to pray for you and see this thing through on the other side. They're waiting for you up there as soon as we dismiss out of this service. But let me just pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that in this room are people who are not going to be impressed by the wiles of the enemy anymore. These are people who are going to look at the giant and say, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. They're going to look at the impossibility and say, I'm not impressed I'm not impressed father I thank you that this week you put the indelible mark on them of your word and of faith to say I'm not impressed I'm committing I'm going v1 I'm gonna have a different spirit like Caleb and everyone in this place just said let it be so amen amen okay come on if you want to if you want to stick around for service number two, you can do that. If not, I'm going to dismiss you right now. We love you guys. I believe that what happened and was deposited in you. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.